Hey everyone, welcome to today's show. We have a unique show for you today as we go over our picks for this weekend in the NFL and college football. So stick around, because here we go. Hey guys, welcome to the show, and like I said in the intro, we do have a unique show for you today, and that is for the simple reason is because I am doing the show alone. Joey and I could not get our schedules figured out, so I'm going to run you guys through uh, a couple quick headlines, give you a quick teaser for a podcast we're going to do later, and then we're going to go through uh, our 10 games, 5 college, 5 NFL, we're going to give you my picks, we'll put Joey's up on Twitter later, and uh That way we don't go radio silent on you guys again this week. It was a little bit of a bummer that we did that last week, so we don't want that to happen again. So, starting with the headlines, Rick Pitino was finally fired yesterday. He he got into a scandal that he couldn't get out of, and the school has officially fired him and the athletic director. Now, for those of you who don't know, or for those of you who live under a rock, Pitino was involved in a sex scandal a few years ago where he was hiring hookers to come in and have sexual relations with his uh, possible recruits. And now he was getting caught paying players. And I think the best part about it was the particular player that I think they, I believe they got in trouble for, he was bragging about how this player basically came and they didn't have to pay anything at all to get him to come to the school. When in reality, it's come out that they've paid somewhere around $100,000 to get this kid and, and whatever fees and whoever they're supposed to pay. So Rick Pitino is kind of a, a piece of garbage. He has some uh, he has some scandals from way back in the day. He has these recent scandals. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to affect his coaching legacy if they're going to end up taking away a national championship from 2013. I believe is when Louisville won it. Um, I mean, he, he really he's messed up big time. So uh, he's he's out of a job now. I think what's going to be interesting is figuring out where he goes next because. According to some sources, his camp had been kind of dipping the toe with NFL team or NFL, dipping the toe with NBA teams and seeing if anyone was interested. And they received absolutely no response. So it doesn't look like he's going to be going to the NBA, but he might find another school to go to in college basketball, whether that be D1 or D2. You know, he could kind of pull the whole. Bobby Petrino thing, who's the head coach at Louisville football now, where he got caught, if you remember, on a motorcycle with his mistress like four or five years ago. Whenever Before Bielema took over at Arkansas, that's where Petrino was, and he got caught with his mistress. Uh, he lied about it. There was a whole thing. He got fired, and then he went and coached at some small school for a little while, and then I think he got back to Louisville. I don't. I, I think there was a step between Arkansas and Louisville, but, but anyway... I, I think that's going to end up being the route that Patino takes. He'll go to some small school. He'll he'll build them up for a few years. He'll let the the news cycle run this out, and then he'll go back to a, a good school or a bigger school. And honestly, he's he's probably a pretty good coach at basketball considering the success that he's had. So whatever school ends up getting him because of this is going to be pretty happy. Um, and what's even better is that now we're going to have some great signs come college basketball when, uh, they don't, they do the game day, but no one watches it. So just good signs from college basketball in general. So thank you, Rick Pitino for that. Now 
that was the one big headline I wanted to cover. We kind of talked about it a little bit on our last podcast, so I did want to make sure that I talked about it today. Uh, the other thing I wanted to, to tease or let you guys know about our baseball fans specifically, we are going to do a baseball postseason podcast coming up. You're starting to see it on the news and on SportsCenter. All of these teams are clinching their spots. Like the Cubs just won their second straight NL champion, NL Central Championship or whatever. So baseball postseason's coming up. We're going to give you guys a pod. Joey's going to dive into everything. He's our in-house baseball guy. I'll have lots of good questions. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with some fun facts for you guys, and we'll get into that. So what you guys are here for now is what we're going to get into. Starting with our NCAA games, we're going to start with the one that is there's, – there's a couple really good games, and then there's a few that are uh, just kind of like the eh, you know what I mean? The games that should be pretty good, but, uh, you know, you never know. So we're going to start with uh, number 5 USC at number 16 Washington. The Cougars are getting 3.5 points at home. Now, Wazoo comes into this game at 4-0, and they're undefeated for the first time since 2001, but the Trojans are riding a 13-game winning streak, which is currently the second longest in the nation. I think the first half is going to be the most important part of this game, and I can tell you why. Uh... B, I'm sorry, BYU. Washington State is currently outscoring their opponents 87-19 to in the first half. And as everyone's kind of known, USC has started their first four games a little slow where it's all been, uh, it's been very close and all these games have come down to the fourth quarter. So if, if Washington State gets off to a fast start and is scoring points and USC is in their, you know, their usual all oh, a second half kind of fourth quarter team, this could be an, a, a big game for the Cougars, and this could be a really interesting finish. Um, another thing that I was looking for is, or looking at, was the, the Washington State has the number one passing defense in the Pac-12, and Sam Darnold has thrown seven interceptions so far this season, which is only two less than he threw last season in his ten starts. Now, as we talked with Joey, you know, sometimes he's, he's on one play, and he's off the next, but when you're playing the number one pass defense in your conference, you can't afford to be inconsistent with your accuracy. You have to make sure that you're there and that you're making your plays. Um, he might also be without his top running back, Ron Jones III, who, who, who was kind of day-to-day this week, and, and we don't know if he's going to be playing. At the current time, I don't know if he'll be playing in this game. Um, USC's defense is going to be uh, tested big time on the secondary because Mike Leach is there and he loves running that air raid offense. He's got a quarterback who's taking care of the football and and scoring a lot of points. Um, So I I think it's going to be a really good game and I like home dogs. So I think USC has kind of flirted with that disaster a little too much so far in the the first four weeks. And I'm comfortable taking the Cougars to to pull off the upset here or uh, keep it within three. So I am taking Washington State and the points. Next one that we're going to go to, we're going to go down to old Rocky Top, Tennessee, Georgia, going on the road to take on the Vols. Now, both of these teams are trending in very different directions right now. Georgia is 4-0. They've beat two ranked teams, and they just came off a stomping of Mississippi State at home where they won 31-13. On the other end of the spectrum, you find Tennessee. They are, I think they're 2-1, they, the record isn't great, but they just had a, a pretty tough game with the University of Massachusetts where they got caught looking ahead to this game, and it almost cost them where they had to pull ahead in the fourth quarter, and, and it, was, it was embarrassing. 
Butch Jones is is on the hot seat, and last year he was with this seat. His this year his seat is getting is getting pretty warm, and it's not going to get any warmer after this week. He's going up against true freshman Jake Fromm, who's played really well in these big games. Um, he missed three passes last week, and he threw two touchdowns. So when you get that kind of stat getting thrown out there, you know you you have a good day. And, he, and you know the Vols are also going to have to deal with Nick Chubb, who's trying to chase down Herschel Walker's record for uh, yard, career yards in the SEC or at Georgia because that guy was obviously insane. Um, if Butch does want to keep his job, he he definitely has to win this game. You know this is something that'll get boosters, get you know the AD that'll that'll pull people back a little bit, and that could springboard you into a strong. Not half because we're only about four or five games in, but it'll string springboard you to a strong finish, hopefully, in the rest of the season. So uh, the Vols are uh, getting seven and a half points at home. Excuse me. Um, so a uh, couple things about this game. Um, in this series, the last six games have been settled by eight points or less, and three of the last four have been decided by a field goal. So anytime these teams get together, it's usually a close game. It usually go you know it goes down to the wire obviously so with that in mind i I think i'm going to stick with the trend i think that georgia probably wins but i think that the vols keep it close i'm taking tennessee and the points next game we have is going to be washington and oak or i'm sorry in oregon state now the reason i got this game is because joey has joey and i have both have washington in our uh top 10 our polls that we do and if you listen to our podcast you'll know what i'm talking about but um we both have them in the top 10 and and we haven't really watched this team so i think that's something that we have to look into and i think that that's one reason that i want to highlight this game this week so going into this game uh the beavers are getting 26 and a half points at home which seems like an absurd number like you see 26 and a half and and usually you think like wow that's that's crazy that's kind of reserved for when you know, a, a Power Five is is playing a Mac school or a Sun Conference or a school like that, and uh, nope, they're getting that this week. So, couple couple facts going on in this game. Washington is undefeated, like I said, but they haven't really played any. They haven't played any ranked opponents, um, and that's one reason that I have them a little lower in my poll. Joey Joey gave them a little bit higher, but that is one reason that we have that going on. Um, the the twenty uh, I'm sorry the Beavers are one and three so they're not really playing any strong opponent this week now uh, like I said the twenty six and a half caught my point caught my eye and when I did some research I found that Oregon State literally has one of the worst defenses in the entire country and they're facing one of the best offenses in the country with Washington State winning thirty one of the last forty meetings which is pretty pretty insane right like I think we can all agree to that um, I. Obviously, I think the the Huskies will win this game, but uh, yeah, I, there's no but. The Huskies are going to win this game, and they should cover the spread pretty easily. So we're going to take uh, we're going to take the Huskies here. And like I said, guys, I am gonna. I've sent Joey a text with the lines. I'm waiting for him to respond. But when he does, I'm going to make sure that I uh, throw that up on the uh, the. The the, 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 the the Twitter, our Twitter account. So keep your eye on that if you're curious for what's going to be happening there. Next game we're going to do is Ole Miss and Alabama. And if you've paid attention to college football in the last four years, or I'm sorry, three years, in the past four meetings between this team, 
it's been interesting. It's been very interesting because it's a game that you would think Alabama should win pretty easily, but it's not necessarily the case. In the last three years, the Rebels have won this game, and they only lost the third game by five points. So Ole Miss comes into this matchup with the fourth best uh, passing offense in the country, and Bama's defense obviously is going to be tested, although they just got back three linebackers from injury this last week, and it showed pretty nicely against Vanderbilt. Um, Saban and the Tide are going to use this game as a statement game, though. This has kind of been one of those games where it's been close. Uh, Chad Kelly has kept this, and Hugh Freeze has kept this team relevant. But uh, I just, right now, I don't see it. If Alabama keeps rolling the way that they roll, uh, the 28.5 points that they're giving Ole Miss shouldn't be too hard to cover. I think that their defense is going to really... Uh, really just go off here. Um, so I, I, I am going to take the tide in the points. And like I said, it's 28 and a half going to Ole Miss. And that's, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. And it's, I don't think it's going to be an easy cover, but I do think that the tide are going to cover because they're, they're kind of on the, the next level and now of, of, you know, football teams and, and talent wise, and it's starting to show. Because you know there, were, I had cert- I certainly had some questions early when they were struggling with Colorado State, but now that they're getting people back from injury, the offense is really starting to get rolling with the new offensive coordinator after Sark left, and this isn't a team that anybody wants to face. It's kind of Bama and Clemson are certainly look like they're um, on a crash course for each other in the third straight national championship, and we're going to talk about Clemson in a second. But give me the tide here minus the points. I like it. So. The final college game that we're going to talk about is the one where college game day will be tomorrow morning, and that is uh, Clemson versus Virginia Tech, a 2-versus-12 matchup. And this was a matchup. I had, I had dabbled with putting Virginia Tech in the top 10. I ended up giving it the, the, the line to TCU, or the 10 spots TCU. But, I mean, Virginia Tech has proven to be a very good team so far. Both these teams are 3-1 and one against the spread, so it's going to be a, a really fun game going into it. The spread on this game is the Tigers are giving the Hokies 7.5 points. Now, the Hokies are coming in with a freshman at quarterback, and he played in one big game so far this season, and that was the first game of the year when they went on the road to a neutral site and they beat West Virginia. And he played well, and he's only gotten more mature over the next three games. But he hasn't played a defense like this Clemson defense. Clemson has one of the best defenses in the country. They have dismantled Louisville. They beat up on Auburn at home. And now they have their eyes set on the Hokies. And they, they're looking at a, a freshman quarterback and they're kind of they're licking their chops or they're licking their lips because they know that they're going to be able to confuse him and get him ready to and you know, get him out. You know, get him, make make him make mistakes. Is basically what's going to happen. This is the first time that Clemson is coming to Blacksburg, uh, Virginia, since they beat the Hokies twenty three to three on October first, two thousand one. So, oh, I'm sorry, two thousand eleven. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Now the Tigers did beat the Hokies in the ACC title game in two thousand eleven and two thousand sixteen. Um, it was a bad game last year for the Hokies. They were uh. Now, it wasn't a bad game, but they had a real chance to win it. They were about 20 yards away from the end zone, and they lost. They couldn't They couldn't uh, figure it out. So Tech's obviously going to come in. They're going to have a home place rocking. They're going to have 
they're probably going to be wearing some some alternate uniform. I mean, Tech's going to be ready to take this game on, but I think that Clemson's defense is going to is going to stifle the the Virginia Tech offense, and that they're not going to really be able to get anything going. And that when you when you can take away that offense, that takes away momentum, and it takes away the crowd because you know no one loves a defensive struggle. They want to see points. They want to see their offense move the ball. So I think that this one is going to be dictated by Clemson's defense yet again. I think that the Tigers are probably going to win by 14 points. And I'm taking the Tigers. So give me the Tigers minus the points. So that's going to wrap up our college football games. And now we're going to move to our NFL games. We have five on the docket for you guys, including uh, Joey and Mines, each of our favorite teams. And uh, I'm excited to get into this. So here we're going to start with uh, my team, we got the Detroit Lions traveling to Minnesota. And right now, this game is a pick em, but let me do some quick research here. And I believe that the line has probably moved because uh, Sam Bradford was ruled out of playing quarterback. So uh, because of that, just give me a minute here, guys. I apologize. This is a little unprofessional. Because of that, the line has shifted where it is now three and a half to the Vikings. So the Vikings are a three and a half point favorite going into this game. And this is a big game because both of these teams are coming into this matchup at two and one. The Packers just won last night, so they're three and one. So both teams want to keep pace with the defending divisional champ. Last year, the Lions came into this game and they won on a crazy 58-yard field goal by Matt Prater. And then their first drive in overtime, they took it down. And Golden Tate flipped into the end zone. Um, and last time Case Keenum played the Lions, he went off with the Rams, had like a 70-plus percent completion percentage, but ended up throwing a pick at the end of the game. Both teams, oh yeah, both teams have improved. Dalvin Cook is in the backfield for the Vikings. He could slash right through this Lions defense, a lot like Devontae Freeman did last week and, and Tevin Coleman when he was getting his touches. And Case Keenum... He's he's average. He's probably a little below average, but he can he can throw the ball like he's proved last week. But based on last week I, and the my subscription to the up down theory, I don't think that Case Keenum is going to play exceptionally well. And this Lions defense has been very opportunistic in forcing turnovers. You know, last week Glover Quinn jumped the ball, but when the Falcons made a mistake last week and had a, pound, a pass bounce off their hands. Darius Slay was there to make the play. So I do think that that this defense is coming in with a lot of momentum, and, and they're going to be ready to play. Um, Lions still have Matthew Stafford at quarterback, and as long as he's there, you know anything that happens, him and Jim Caldwell can keep this team level, and Lions fans always feel like they have a chance because they do. Stafford is a, is a great quarterback that can, that can get stuff done. Um, Lions defense is also getting Jared Davis back, and Tavon Wilson is returning to the secondary, and those are going to be big. Jared Davis was sorely missed last week because, like I said, the running backs for Atlanta were just slashing through this Lions defense. Um, but I, like I said, I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to end up coming down to another field goal, and if it does, Lions have the best kicker in the NFL in Matthew Prater. Uh, so I'm taking the Lions and I'm taking the points, which is not shocking because I have done that literally every single week so far. And just for the record, it's probably not going to change. Now, on to Joey's favorite team, we have the Bengals traveling to Cincinnati. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> the Bengals traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns in First Energy Stadium in a battle of the teams looking for their first win or the battle of the beaten teams. 
Um, last week, the Bengals found themselves up early. They were up 21-7 going into halftime. Everyone was all smiles after that change at OC, but it kind of turned sour when they only could muster up three points in the second half. They blew their lead and eventually lost in overtime. The Browns were in an unfamiliar position last week because they were favored to win a road game for the first time since 2000. I said it in the last podcast where we were previewing the game. I want to say it was like 2011. I don't know. It was, it was a long time. And they responded really well with going out and, and being down, I think, 28-14 to 14 at one point to the, the Colts. They ended up making it close, so it looked good. But they lost to the Colts on the road, and they lost the, the game in which they were finally favored. Um, for me, I have to imagine that the flow of offense from the first half of the Packers game returns for the Bengals when they roll into First Energy Stadium. And I think they're they're going to roll to a double-digit win. I don't think Cleveland's offense is going to figure it out anytime soon. So I'm taking Cincy, and I'm uh, giving away the points. So, yep, lock it in for the Bengals. Next one I want to talk about is the Carolina Panthers traveling to New England. Now, it's no secret, but Tom Brady has continued to defy father time. And, and I brought up some questions after his week one performance. He looked a little... Uh, he, looked, he didn't look good in week one. He didn't throw any touchdowns. He was about 50% completion rating. He had the lowest uh, completion rating, I think, out of all of the quarterbacks who threw more than 10 passes or something. He, he, he was abysmal week one, and, and it brought up some questions. But since then, Tom has decided to throw, shove down that opinion down, shove that opinion down my throat by throwing for more than 800 yards and eight touchdowns with no picks. So my bad, Tom, won't doubt you again. Now... The Panthers' offense is kind of limping into this game. Not kind of, they're limping into this game with a noticeable limp. Last week, they lost Kelvin Benjamin. They don't know if he'll... He's kind of up in the air, questionable to even play. They also lost Greg Olson, who is one of Cam Newton's favorite targets. And if you're wondering who's left to catch the ball, that leaves Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Stewart, and one Devin Funches from the University of Michigan, which isn't exactly what you want going into a big game. Now, to be fair, New England's defense hasn't looked great. They just got torched last week by Deshaun Watson. They got torched by Alex Smith. And they've been giving up a lot of points. So I think that it's fair to say that that Carolina could definitely bounce back. And again, there's the up-down theory. But I, I it's New England at home. I know 9.5 is a lot in the NFL. But I, I think the Pats at home are definitely going to cover this. I think that it's kind of a downward spiral for the Carolina Panthers. And, and it sucks because that's a team that Joey and I both picked to have a big bounce back year with some of the additions they made in the offseason. It hasn't proven to be successful yet. And I don't think it'll start this week. Taking the Pats minus the points. Next game, a, a big divisional matchup again between Oakland and Denver. Broncos are giving the Raiders two and a half points, and the winner of this game is going to have the early advantage in the race for the division. Both teams were on the road last week and are coming into the matchup two and one. The Broncos lost to the Bills, and Oakland had a bad showing against Washington. Now, we're going to get to see two of the top pass rushers go up against each other this week in Von Miller and Khalil Mack. And these offenses are obviously going to have to know exactly where these guys are on the field because they can take over a a possession or a game at any moment. Um, For me, I think this game comes down to quarterback play because you know the the defense, both defenses, I think, are going to play well. 
And I think that that means that you're going to have to rely on your quarterback to maybe make some plays or even your other offensive playmakers, but mostly your quarterback. And if you're giving me Derek Carr or Trevor Simeon, I'm taking Derek Carr every single time. So I am going to take Oakland plus the points. And I think that Oakland might even win this one outright. Now, the last game that we're going to discuss is the Monday night game. Washington traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, who have probably been, I don't want to say the biggest surprise because I think people knew they were going to be good, but have, have had the most surprising offense. Let's say that because no one expected the Chiefs offense to explode onto the scene and certainly no one expected Kareem Hunt to come out and be the early candidate for rookie of the year. The guy has been unstoppable, and he's actually the first rookie running back to record 50 yards or more. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, I, that was the wrong stat. Anyway, the stat I was thinking of is this one. The Chiefs have scored a touchdown of 50 yards or more in the last nine games. A very impressive stat, especially when you think about how pedestrian the Chiefs' offense could be last season. Now, the Chiefs are returning to the Monday Night Football for the first time in three seasons. And they are coming in with the undefeated record, like I said. Washington just came off a nice home win. They beat the Raiders 27-10. They have Kirk Cousins kind of returning to the form that he was at last season where he was getting uh, getting some, you know, not MVP talk, but he was definitely getting talk as a, as a better quarterback. And, and I think the uh, Redskins fans were hoping that they would get him paid. That way they don't have to worry about losing him after the season, which is going to happen now. Another fun fact for you, the last time Monday Night Football was in Kansas City, the loud the record was broken for the loudest outdoor stadium crowd at 142 decibels. My guess is that this is going to be uh, another situation where that record is going to get broken. I think that the, the Chiefs fans are going to show up, they're going to be rambunctious, they're going to be motivated, and they're going to get uh, loud, and they're going to make it tough for... Washington. So, uh, 7.5, like I said on these other ones, 7.5 is a lot in the NFL. But if the Chiefs keep playing like the Chiefs have so far, then 7.5 won't be anything for them. I am taking the Chiefs and the points, or minus the points. So, that wraps up our uh, NFL and NCAA picks. I uh, hope that you guys like them. Um, I really do. I know that I didn't get to any of. The ones that you guys sent to me this week, I didn't get a lot of responses. So please look at next week's schedule of games. Look at a um, send us the 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 games that you want us to talk about. Send us anything with the postseason that you want us to talk about, and we will because, like I've said before, we want to make this a a, a listener friendly podcast, and I can't do that if I don't know what you guys want. So on to our last segment. That would be one last thing, and here it is. I obviously this is uh like I said at the beginning this was a, a unique situation where I am doing a podcast by myself. Um, we haven't had obviously because Joey's not here. I haven't been able to toss off jokes. We haven't been able to to argue about anything and and maybe get the full entertainment value. So I tried to make up for that with giving you guys more information, and I hope you liked it. But um, this isn't something that's going to probably happen a lot. This was just a situation where it worked out. I have the day off of work. Joey's working. You know, we couldn't record on Wednesday or Thursday. And, you know, I, like I said, I didn't want to leave you guys radio silence. So um, I hope you liked it. I hope that you guys uh, don't stop listening just because it was me and my crappy opinions and crappy voice and, you know, whatever. So 
uh, onto the business. Obviously, we're on Twitter at Bud's Beers. Please follow us. I am at Brez4694. That's B-R-E-Z 4694. Joey's at Stooley92, and that's S-T-U-H-L-Y-9-2. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to be tweeting out uh, fun facts about games. We're going to be giving you our hot takes, and we're going to be you know, talking about the MLB postseason soon. So make sure you do follow us so you can stay up to date on that. If you do follow us on Twitter, we would certainly be happy to give you a follow back too so everybody wins. Um, You can also follow us on SoundCloud, and that's where this podcast will be. It will also be on iTunes, and on there you can't follow us, but you can subscribe, you can listen, and you can rate, and then you can leave a comment. And we would really love it if you did that because... That shows that you're actually listening and that you want to improve it so it's more listener-friendly, which is what we want. If you do leave a comment, Joey will or Joey may or may not send you a free t-shirt. So we're also going to offer that extra incentive. Um, that's going to wrap it up for the week four preview. That's week four of the NFL, week five of college football. I hope that you guys have a great weekend. I hope that you have a safe weekend. And I hope that the teams that you root for, minus the Minnesota Vikings or the Cincinnati Bengals, win for you guys this weekend. Have a good one, and thanks for listening. Bye, guys.